Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to another recovery podcast put on by Montana's Peer Network. My name's Bill Devil. I'm the member and mentorship coordinator, and I'm joined by... Hey, everyone. I'm Amanda Walton. I am the training coordinator for MPN. And today we're going to be talking about Beyond Incarceration, right, Bill? We are. New project that has been worked on passionately. Super exciting to be a part of this new project. Absolutely. The la- we actually had the launch for this uh, justice system peer support uh, training the last three days of July. So the 28th, 29th, and 30th, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we had an excellent attendance. And it was just, it was really exciting to be part of the curriculum development and implementation of this training. Bill did help with that. Uh, we we were inspired by a justice system training that MPN had developed a couple of years ago, but we we modified it and tailored it more specifically to preparing peer specialists who have justice system experience or you know have been incarcerated themselves at some point in their lives to re-enter the justice system. And you know the reality that that is an additional trauma is something that we have to prepare ourselves for when supporting others, our brothers and sisters that are currently um, journeying through the justice system themselves. And so it, we do, we cover uh, the sequential intercept model and how that integrates into our working knowledge of the terms that um, are used by those who have been through the system to define and and describe each of those, you know, from from the beginning where you're initially arrested through pre-sentence incarceration and courts and then post-conviction incarceration and pre-release and back into the community on probation and parole and community programming and such. So Bill, you were part of that launch for a day, I believe. I think you joined us on Friday. Did you join us on Thursday too? I didn't. I was uh, doing another project on Thursday, but I was there with you all day on Friday. One of the things that I appreciated in the training was the interaction that we had with the peers that were taking the training. A lot of good dialogue, a lot of good role plays. And it reminded me of when I was involved in, in the justice system. And it took me back to a place where if I would have had a peer support then rather than when I got out and then was court ordered to go to treatment and mental health and then found a peer supporter, I think my recovery would be a little bit different. It would have taken me a shorter amount of time to find hope. And so I I really appreciated being able to go back in my own recovery um, journey and realize how beneficial peer support 
would have been if it would have been implemented sooner while I was just the system involved. And so I, I am super excited about the continual expansion of this part of our training to implement throughout the state so that others would will have that opportunity where I was be I was able to look back and see the benefit of peer support while I was involved in the justice system. Right. Um, you know, I I experienced the same thing too throughout the curriculum development process. And then uh, as since during the facilitation of that first training, it just it, it took me back and also reminded me that oftentimes on our journeys, whenever we're incarcerated for longer periods of time, you know, a year or more, we we may even find ourselves in situations where we start supporting other people if we start our journey while we're incarcerated. Um, and, you know, that that has ignited a hope within me that one day we can provide this training to incarcerated individuals and start, you know, if they start supporting each other while they're in the system, imagine the, the shift that, that can happen when, when we start changing that culture from within and, right. you know, really impacting that perception shift that is needed to to maintain and sustain life outside of the justice system and you know we we are the motivators uh, and the the vessels of hope for those that are currently journeying through the the justice system experience because we've been through it we have that credibility that we can establish almost immediately um, because there's that that reality bill that you know, somebody who, who wants to go back in and be helpful and provide support can be effective, yes, but it's going to be a lot more difficult for, for them to establish that credibility. You know, for me, whenever I was in the system, I, I did go to counseling and, and such like that um, at times, but it still was you know what, this person doesn't really understand what I'm going through because you, you're, you're coming at it from the other side perspective. You're not, you've never been an inmate. You've never been <laughs> convicted. You've never experienced this and the additional barriers and bias and stigma associated with that whenever we re-enter the communities. You know, it's a whole other level of life experience that, that those who've never been through the system directly uh, don't, can't can't really quite grasp, unfortunately. And so, you know, for those that are really wanting to, to do that work and re-enter and go back into jails and prisons and start working with individuals in the thick of the system involvement to prepare them for whenever they do re-enter communities, it really helps us re reevaluate our our experience and reassign positive meaning. You know, something that was so negative. I was away from my family for eighteen months, and I can I can go back and redefine that now and use it as a way to help identify with other people, and you know that mutuality, that that relationship, that rapport that develops because I've been there. Um, it shifts within me, 
that that it that is internalized stigma. Does that make sense? You know, like I we come out and we're already defeated. We feel like we're always going to be labeled and have all of these additional barriers for housing and employment and that doesn't have to be our experience. We can shift our perception and, you know, instead of seeing those things as insurmountable challenges, we can see them as opportunities to say, you know what, this is not going to hold me back. And that's definitely something that has to be cultivated internally, that hope, that inspiration, because the reality is that we're, we're, we're locking up the most traumatized individuals of our society, right? So as you were talking, I was thinking about my first long-term incarceration. And that, that was a little over nine months, my first long-term incarceration. And there was absolutely no form of recovery happening during that nine months. So some of the barriers that that you're that you're thinking about didn't even happen for me. I was still in my criminal thinking while incarcerated, thinking about how I'm going to get back out there and do the same thing, not change a single behavior and doing the best I can to still get away with whatever it is that I was doing, which, you know, is nothing positive. And so just having, just having an opportunity for a seed to be planted for a different way to live could have possibly been beneficial to me. And that was, you know, that's six years or about five years into my addiction my mental health wasn't doing well, so I wasn't thinking consequentially or, or clearly at all. And so recovery wasn't even something that I'd even considered. And then, you know, 10 years later on my last incarceration, there were a few NA or AA meetings that came into came into the jails. And I was still on the fence, you know, been in my disease for over a decade at that point. And I was still on the fence on what I was going to do. And, and at that point, I'm at a different point in my life where I'm on the fence where my first long-term incarceration, I had no desire to do anything different than what I had been doing before. And it would have been so beneficial to have someone up here with lived experience that had been where I had been, that at least gave me a glimpse of an opportunity of a different way to live and that it was possible. Right. That, that didn't happen for me until almost a year after being released and and so it will be interesting to see the impact that peer supporters can have on recidivism as as we get peers with our most vulnerable population 
sooner. And it's all going to be up to them. But at least at, at least at this point, they'll have an opportunity to be able to have information available to them with someone that has been through it rather than someone that is just telling them that they can do something different. It's so different when someone has lived experience that has gone through almost the exact situation, very similar situation, and they've come out on the other side living proof of living a different way to live than it is a case manager you know, at pre-release, giving you this information, giving you these resources, telling you to use them, and they've never used them themselves. Right. They haven't experienced the barriers and, and the thinking errors and the contemplation of wanting to change but not knowing how to change and, and having someone there beside you that has successfully gone through those changes is going to be instrumental. And I'm just excited about the future of our most vulnerable population that are in our jails and prisons in Montana to, to see the transformation that can happen. One other thing that I wanted to touch on that you were talking about, Amanda, is the cultural change within prisons and jails. I think about that cultural change when there are going to be justice involved peer supporters being able to help cultivate that cultural change. That is going to be a, a change that it, that's going to affect the whole jail, just in the way that they classify people, just in the way that where where they where they put um, certain inmates, I, I see like a whole pod dedicated to those that want to be involved in recovery. You know, that's looking into the future, and I don't know exactly how that's all going to happen, but that's kind of how I how I see it based on my own experience going through the system because there's going to be some resistance within within the jails and prisons they're going to they're going to like not be okay with that at all but there's going to be a certain amount of the population that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and want to do something different and that's going to be available to them it's it's exciting it's it's super exciting well and you know just to touch on what you just talked about that that's the dynamic shift that we need to, to start changing entire cultural perceptions and systems within our culture. You know, those, those shifts that, that potentially decriminalize behaviors that are, are behavioral in nature and, and addressing those underlying things so that the symptoms of the criminal actions, the, the choices, the substance use, all manner of, of things that people are incarcerated for start to fall away because those are presentations of symptoms that, that develop and get worse over time when people experience additional incarcerations, additional barriers, additional bias, additional stigma, additional discrimination out in the communities. 
and, and realizing that, yes, change takes time because inherently we fear change. We, we become so accustomed to the way things are and, and the reality that we've been, we've been experiencing the current justice process for decades and, and it, the, the problem just keeps getting worse instead of better. Right. So what do we need to do to cultivate that change that can make things better, even if it's a bit scary at first, right? It's like a toddler starting to walk. They're scared out of their minds, but they're also excited whenever they let go of mommy or daddy's hand and make, take those first few steps on their, on their own. And, and it takes falling in, in the process to learn, right? But but that's what we're doing. We're learning together. We're healing together instead of being alone and separated and, and segregated and, and cultivating a sense of community and realizing that the change in our in individual perceptions and perspectives and, and thoughts and beliefs for those that are journeying through the system doesn't start when somebody is, is 30, 45 days from re-entering the community. Right. Essentially, re-entry starts from the moment we actually become involved in the system and peer support can get through and integrate throughout the, the, the continuum of justice system involvement so that we can help facilitate that change. And, you know, right now is, is such a, transformational time in our country because we're seeing peer support be implemented in various states, uh, Washington, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Florida, you know, within the justice system and Pennsylvania specifically, they have already started training inmates in the system as peer support, uh, especially those that are there long-term and they're, they're seeing a lot of success. You know, the reality, Bill, none of us know person was born into this world bad or evil. We are a result of our experiences and our perceptions of those experiences and the ongoing experiences that, 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 <laughs> that we, we journey through in our lives. Everything is impacted. And, you know, we weren't born afraid and anger, angry and bitter and lashing out, those are things that we learned. And so we have to unlearn those things, no matter where we're at in our recovery and what that experience involves, whether it's just a system or not. So, you know, that's the, the beyond incarceration training was developed by individuals that are in recovery and have been through justice system involvement themselves. So we've been through the system, some of us longer than others, but we've all been through that and we've all maintained and sustained outside. So we are models for healing. And that's what sets beyond incarceration apart from, from trainings that are created by individuals who don't have that level of lived experience because we've all been there and we've come together and we have created something that transcends other, other opportunities to train to re-enter jails and prisons and support people because we've, to me, that just, is, it sets it apart and, you know, really focusing on what we need for ourselves and how um, we need to be 
mentally and emotionally to be able to return to those places because it can be re-traumatizing too. So we've, we've got to make sure that we, we're, we're okay and that we maintain our self-care, that you know, we keep ourselves in a space and place where we're effective. And uh, so, so we cover all of these things. And right now it's a three-day training. It may expand later on, um, but right now it's three days. And I just, I'm so excited to be a part of it. And it was a wonderful experience. And I'm glad that you were able to join Bill because we had, we had some really impactful uh, peer specialists and individuals in recovery join us for that first training and it was it was amazing really amazing and there was a lot of good feedback from that training it it inspired passion gave us more our cup was filled so to speak to to go out there and continue the work that we do knowing that what we do is impactful and important and gives people hope and and the training at the end of the training uh, people walked away empowered and that is that is so important to be able to feel like what you do and how you treat other individuals matter it really really matters and to and to walk away from a training feeling empowered to give more hope to those that um, are less fortunate um, is super, super important. Amanda, when is your next training going to happen? All right. So yeah, Bill, thanks. Our next training is October 13th, 14th, and 15th. Again, it's eight to five, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And for more information, if you're interested in um, applying, please visit our website, mtpeernetwork.org. Uh, trainings and Beyond Incarceration. This, this training is breaking the chains of justice system involvement and really looking at the barriers and, and the ways that we can impact cultural and systems shift that's, that's dynamic and uh, work together to, to start healing. And it's exciting. So I hope that you all who are listening will look into our training for more information and join us again October 13th, 14th, and 15th, 8 to 5. It is a virtual training. And if you have any questions, please reach out to myself or Bill, Amanda at MT Peer Network or Bill at mtpeernetwork.org. And we're happy to uh, discuss any questions or concerns that you may have. Also, we have a justice system committee through Montana's Peer Network um, that is a action committee for the MPN Board of Directors. So for those of you who are justice involved and peer support specialists are pursuing your peer support certification, if you're interested in cultivating and motivating that change that is needed within the systems and finding ways to integrate peer support into justice systems, please outreach to um, Jim at mtpeernetwork.org. So Jim Haney, our executive director, and uh, he can provide you with more information and uh, connect you with the individuals who are overseeing that specific committee. Well, thanks, Amanda. And thanks for all who joined us today. If this has ignited some passion and some hope and has inspired you, Amanda has given you our emails. 
If you have additional topics concerning this, email us and we would be glad to have you as a host on a podcast as well. Give us a shout out and give us an email and thanks for joining us today. Have a great week. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.